the Driven Women's Guide to Love, Life, and Business. Hosted by the boss ladies Alex and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Get ready for the most outrageous coming-of-age love story about growing up and blowing up. Catherine Langford and Charlie Plummer star in the explosive comedy Spontaneous. And we're giving away five digital copies of the movie. Go to Girls Gone Boss on Instagram to enter this super fun giveaway. Spontaneous is available on digital and on demand now. Kirsty is CEO and co-founder of Real Coaching. She has sold over 17 million in physical products on Amazon since 2013 and has coached thousands of Amazon sellers to build their businesses with real results. She's a strategic branding expert with 20 years of branding expertise and marketing strategies for many household brands. She specializes in taking sellers who are stuck or plateaued in their business and breakthrough to reach their real success they desire. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Girls Gone Boss. I'm Alex. Gabby here. Welcome, everyone. And good morning. It's morning. It's Saturday morning for us, but you're listening to this on a Thursday morning. Um, how's everyone? Or whatever, <laughs> or whatever exactly, because we are on demand. Um, but how are you, Gabby? I'm doing great. Um, every day is a new day for me. Uh, COVID life is just crazy. Because sometimes you, you just let your mind go nuts thinking you have all these like symptoms and then you run and go get a test and you're going crazy. But just one day at a time. But I'm healthy, thank God. Good. Yeah, I feel the same way, especially like if Riley sneezes. I'm like, oh my God, is she getting sick? But she's not. She's just sneezing because it's, it's normal. Very, I think it's because of just what's going on and you know, it kind of can get to us mentally. So that's why I'm so happy we're recording because it really is a mental break. It is, it is therapeutic. Yes. And, um, and I'm obsessed with Amazon. Like, are you not? I get a package almost every day. My husband, every he he he's the one that is the, like the account holder. So every time that I place an order, he gets an email, and he's like, "What Ooh. did you order from Amazon now?" And well, I just order all the time and I love it because I'm a prime user. So it's like next day. Like, yeah. wow. I just went uh, on, a, I just went on a watch band, um, for my iWatch, like on this, like just uh, obsession with it. And I've purchased so many bands. There's literally like nothing to do. So that's like my only fun yeah, right now. <laughs> I've definitely been binge online shopping and Amazon is just like so just user friendly comes the next day like i'm just excited and for you guys that are listening i think this is going to be a very valuable episode because you're going to learn how to you know push your product in the platform and who better to give us all the insight than kirsty kirsty hi kirsty how are you yeah i'm good i'm good no worries yeah because i'm english so Kirsty is a bit more of a common name in England, but in North America, it's more Christy. So yeah, I get Christy a lot. So don't worry. The yeah, thing is, that, like when you see the name written, you automatically read Christy. I think we invert yeah. words. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. I think that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. So think of it. It's it's a Scottish name. So think of it as Kirsty. That's how it should be said. Yeah. So so you're English, yeah. but you're in Canada. As we were talking before, you're in Canada right now. Yeah, I am. So I born and bred in England, in Yorkshire, which is like the north of England. Um, 
And then I actually moved to Australia. So I I was in the corporate world. I was I worked on Durex condoms at the time, actually, which is a lot of fun. Um, but I, when I finished uni, I did a travel around Australia. You know, you do like a bit of a gap year, and I always wanted to go back. So it kind of got to this point where I was like, okay, I've got to go now. Otherwise, I won't get my kind of working holiday visa. So that's what I did. I went with a, a really good friend of mine. We traveled around Asia. And then we got to Australia and then I got a job in Australia and then I was there for like 14 years until I started Amazon. And then I really wanted to start Amazon to basically travel again. I love traveling. That is my passion. Um, And, you know, when you're in a corporate job, you're working like all the hours and Australia is mild. It's beautiful country, but it's the miles away from bloody anywhere. So you've got like, you've got to have like four weeks to kind of do anything. Um, so yeah, I was like, okay, I need to find something that will give me the ability to be able to do it from anywhere. Um, and so that's how I kind of started to think about, well, how you know, what could I do? And then along that journey, I then started to coach people how to do it. And then that's how I met my husband. So I was doing um, workshops on on how to sell on Amazon. And he's Canadian, he's French Canadian. So then, yeah, I moved to Montreal. So now I'm in Montreal where everyone speaks French. Yeah, so it's a bit different. That's a journey. I, that's yeah. exciting, though. I'm very <laughs> I'm jealous that you've got husband on the way. And so I always love those husband meeting stories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, I've never been to Montreal before, but I was like, well, I haven't got any. He's got two kids. So I was like, well, I haven't got any kids and I don't have to really be anywhere. So I might as well try it out and see. And I was like, actually, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a really cool place. It's kind of, um, I don't know if you've ever been, but it's, quite European so it's still got that kind of European architecture but it's in North America so it's in a great kind of um, geographical spot so you can like hop around from to a lot of places oh I love but Canada. I do miss Australia Australia when you live in Australia or you're Australian any Aussies like listening they've got this phrase like it's like I still call Australia home no matter where you live and even though I'm English I still feel like I'm Australian you know so yeah, so I miss it. I miss the beaches, but you know, Canada's pretty awesome country as well. It is. I've been there. I love. I love Canada. So, it kind of tell us exactly why you decided. I know you said that you wanted to travel, and that was like your ultimate goal. But how was that that transition from going from corporate world? to just being an Amazon seller? Because I know that a lot of people listening are struggling with leaving their nine to five, that they're probably in the same boat. They want to travel, they want to do their own thing, but they're Mm -hmm. scared of making that transition, right? So how exactly did you make finally make the decision to say, you know what, I'm breaking free from this and I'm just going to go ahead and start this on my own? How was that entire process and how long did it take you to finally do it? Yeah, it probably took me about four years from thinking about it to actually doing it, right? So, because originally I didn't really know what I was going to do. So, I I remember just going to a seminar. There was quite a few um, seminars that were going around Australia. People with lots of different business opportunities. Now, it's through webinars, right? That's how we kind of find out. But this was like a, this was actually, if it was four years prior, probably nearly 10 years ago. So, I was looking found all these different opportunities. I spent a lot of money, so I actually um, bought a lot of courses. So I did one on real estate, you know, how to flip houses and stuff like that, because even then I was like, okay, well, if I can get enough money to essentially leave my job, um, I don't have to work, and then I can travel. At that point, I wasn't thinking about the business model that would fit the lifestyle. 
But then I realized, um, actually, that's probably not going to get me to where I want to be because there's a lot of investment in real estate, right? You've got a big outlay of cash. Um, so then I started to look at different models, um, share trading, for instance. But again, it was a bit too much out of the realm of my brain. I was like, it was too risky for me. I was kind of, you know what? I don't think that's probably the right thing to do. Um, but actually, I read the book, The 4-Hour Workweek, and that kind of was a pivotal moment. I was like, okay, I get it now. I need something where I don't really need to um, – I've got no infrastructure, right? Um, and I can do it from anywhere, and it's passive. I mean, it's not totally passive, but essentially when you sleep, you make money. That that kind of made sense to me. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, okay, that, that makes sense. Um, so then I did a, a course on eBay, but the problem with eBay is that they don't do any of the work, right? You still have to do a lot of the um, finding the warehousing and, and things like that. Uh, I then thought, okay, well, I'll do I'll do websites. But then the problem with websites is you have to drive all the traffic and a conversion on a website is very low compared to say something like Amazon. And through that journey, you know what it's like, you end up on loads of people's lists and somebody then sent a course on how to do it on Amazon. And at that point, it all just kind of fell into place. Now, all along that time, I was still working full time. I had quite a stressful job. Um, I was kind of getting to that point where I was like, I cannot do this any longer. Like, so I'd gone from thinking about it to keep working in the job. Uh, And I was like, if I continue to do this, this is just going to, I'm going to either have a nervous breakdown or just burn out at some point. Right. So I found the Amazon thing. And then I was like, okay, all those things that weren't right with the other models is perfect in this model. And I just know it's going to work. I just had a feeling that it it was going to work. So I actually went to my HR director at the time and said, you know what? I kind of sort of renegotiated what my role should be. So that I kind of talked myself out of a job, basically. So I just said, okay, if I can, if we've got three roles that kind of do the similar thing, we all look after categories. Um, If you just put like a couple of these categories together, my job would then be redundant. And you guys get a good deal because you have less person to, you know, pay. And then maybe I could get a payout from that. And so that's what we did. And so I got a payout, which essentially gave me a buffer to go, right, I'm just going to go all in on this one thing. And then I actually, because I wanted to travel, I actually then moved to Bali for three months and just thought, right, I'm just going to get totally focused and just do this. Because I knew if I stayed where I was, I'd probably get distracted. I'd probably still go out, you know, have drinks with my mates and kind of not get on the journey as I wanted to do. And also, I just wanted to prove that you could actually do it from somewhere else. Like, you didn't need to be there. And also, it was cheaper than living in Australia so it kind of made all those things kind of made sense to kind of prove in the four hour work week model. So I gave myself a goal of, all right, I've got to get it done in, I've got to get $10,000 in, in a time frame in monthly sales. That's my target. Reach that target, I'm back to Australia. And I did that in like two, two months. And I was wow. like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm ready. So what was your first I, product? It was a jump rope. So jump rope. A jump rope. So what I decided to do was, and and this is interesting because I think a lot of people think about Amazon, what can I sell? And so with my background, because I came from a marketing background, I thought about, well, what brand do I want to create? Like, what do I, what area do I want to go into that I'm kind of interested in? So uh, I was doing a lot of fitness at the time and CrossFit and stuff. So I was like, yeah, I could do that. That'll be cool. And I was looking for a product that wasn't going to cost me a lot of money because I didn't want to blow on my dough on like one product so I was like all right if I can get like a product within 
my first order, you know, a thousand to two thousand dollars. If it doesn't work, whatever, right? I'm I'm good with that. You know, it's that kind of mo- that amount of money that, of course, I didn't want to lose it. But I was like, if if I never saw that again, I'll be fine, right? And so that's kind of my criteria. That's what I kind of went in with. I wasn't expecting to be rich off this one product. I just wanted to get in, launch it, work out how to do it. And so that's what I did. And because I was in Bali, um, so I had this fitness thing in mind. I then went through all the you know the products that I could sell. The jump rope fit the criteria. It was a cheaper product um, and it was small. So I didn't have a lot of shipping costs and all this other stuff. And so I found a, a supplier in China but I didn't even actually see the products before it went to Amazon because I didn't know where I was living. So she sent me some pictures. I went, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, send it, send it to Amazon. And luckily, it was a good product. <laughs> and it actually, you know, it didn't break or anything. I wouldn't recommend anyone listening to this doing that, by the way. But um, yeah, I was just like, yeah, it'd be fine, whatever. And so it got there. And um, I just figured out, how, like, how to launch it now. Now there's so many like strategies on how to do that, but at the time it was fairly new and it was really about concentrating on the one thing every week or every day that was going to try and make me a sale and the one thing that's going to get me a review. And I just worked out a couple of strategies around those two things and just had like a, you know, a target every day and every week. So at least I had something to aim for. I still didn't really know how to do it, but I was like, okay, I've got that to aim for. So what things around that can I do to, to achieve it? And that laser focus, I think, just kind of got me to where I needed to be. Okay, so we take us through the beginning, though. Um, for anybody listening, we have a lot of listeners that have products that they sell on either Etsy or on their own websites. And I know that they want to expand to selling their their product on Amazon. So how does a beginner actually start? Because there's two ways of doing it. You house the products or Amazon houses the products for you, which is what you did in your case. Yeah, exactly. And the reason I did that, and I would recommend anyone doing it, is because uh, yes, they take a fee, but if you warehouse your products anywhere, they take a fee unless you're doing it from home. But always think about a bigger goal in mind. If you're selling 100 units a day of something, you don't want to be doing that yourself. You don't want that to be, you know, shipped out of your garage or whatever. So always start with the fact that you're going to be successful. That, that's the one thing that I would always say. Um, and by using Amazon FBA, they literally take care of all that stuff. You don't have to do anything. If Wherever you're sourcing your product from, you send it direct to Amazon they sort it out, they work it out, any returns from the customer, they come back to Amazon. Uh, So you don't have to worry about all that stuff. So really, as a business owner, all you have to think about is how am I going to brand the product? How am I going to make sure that the customer finds the product? And how do I source a really good product? And those are three things are the only key things you need to worry about. Like if you're trying to do it all yourself, you've got all the returns, you know, you've got all that customer service to to sort out. So um, if anybody's thinking about doing it or not doing it, FBA right now, definitely look into FBA. And the other key thing that you can do is there is a tool, there's different market research tools out there now. Um, The main one that I use is called Jungle Scout. So you can go to junglescout.com and it's it's essentially like a widget. So, you know, you can download it, um, keep it on your desktop. And every time you go into Amazon, you just have to think about if you're selling a product right now, go onto Amazon and type in what you believe the main, what we call the main keyword is. So essentially the, the, the main thing that someone's going to type in to Amazon to search for that product. Now there's going to be lots of different keywords that people type in, but really what you're looking at is with, through the research is what's the, 
what's the main one, the big one that everybody types in? Usually it's common sense. Don't overthink it, right? If, if, you, if you're going to type that in, that's probably what it is, right? <laughs> you know, you don't have to think about all these Google kind of long tail things. Just think about what exactly it is. So like this, for instance, it would be a glass, right? Literally, that's what it would be. Or this might be an espresso cup, right? So you literally just type that in. And then you can use Jungle Scout and it brings up search results. So if you're shopping, you know what that looks like. Um, you're, you're looking as a shopper and going, which one am I going to buy? Um, it'll bring up the first page results. The first page results are the results where most of the volume is. So whatever anyone's typing that in, that means those are the best sellers for that product, for that keyword. And then you can use Jungle Scout. You hit the, but the button and it brings up a ton of results on, you know, what's the latest monthly sales for all of those products on page one, you know, the average reviews, the average pricing, etc. So you can work out and say, well, okay, if those products are selling $20,000 a month, then my product, which is very similar, could do the same thing, right? Um, and what I like to do is to think, is just aim for like 50% of what the top sellers are doing um, eventually. And if that looks good enough to me, then I'm like, yeah, that's a really good product to, to go for. Um, you also want to look for products that have not got thousands and thousands of reviews, right? So if, if all the products on page one have got like 10,000 reviews, that's going to be difficult to compete against because that's the next thing that people look at is the reviews. So if you've only got like little one review, you've got an awesome product, chances are they're probably not going to buy you over everyone else. So I would look at products that are less than, say, 2,000 reviews. Um, ideally, if they're less than 1,000, that'd be even better. But, you know, people, a lot of people have been selling on Amazon for a long time. So, um, you know, usually less than 2,000. And then I'm like, yeah, awesome. This looks like a great opportunity. I know I can take a piece of this market share. And then you can literally work out, okay, so that's that product. Let me think about another product. Okay, that product could work as well. And then another product and another product. And so then you can easily then even build up exactly what a forecast could look like for sales, your profitability, um, and your units per day. And so literally, you don't even have to launch anything. You can literally put a plan together to go, these types of products are the ones that I could sell on Amazon. And these are the ones that I could launch. And this is the kind of result that I could get. Okay. And how do you find you? Okay, you pick the product. I love that. And then how do you find the, the you know, the manufacturer of the product? Or how do, does Amazon help you with that too? They don't. Um, they might do in the future maybe. But the one thing I would always say to people is, it's, this sounds counterintuitive, but Amazon bring out a lot of services um, that are not to do with the Amazon platform. And I would say they're kind of trying to make a quick buck, right? So try and go to the experts that do that thing versus the Amazon thing themselves, right? Anything on Amazon is great because Amazon are really good at that. But anything like kind of, you know, maybe developing packaging or developing product, go to a, a separate place. So one thing I would say to people, I mean, one thing that we coach on is using sourcing agents, which is basically people in China that literally know all the manufacturers and they can get you really good prices and products. And a great place to start is, is looking at alibaba.com. And um, that's that can give you lots of different suppliers on there, uh, lots of different types of manufacturers. You can also get a really good idea of what the product would cost. Uh, but the idea would be just go on there and research, use the same main keyword again, and then pick like 10, 10 to 20 actually manufacturers that you want to contact. Because... A lot of the people on Alibaba, 
tend to be agents for the manufacturers in China, right? They're not the manufacturers themselves. So they're going to have to go off and find the manufacturers and come back with the real price. So I would go out to at least 10 to 20 because then you've got a really good comparison, right? Some are going to be really rubbish. Some you're going to connect with. Um, some are going to be great prices. So the wider you go at the beginning is the better. And then you can kind of narrow them down. It's a bit like if you're trying to find, a, you know, working with a VA or something like that, you want to go wide and then kind of bring it back as well. So, yeah, Alibaba.com is a great one to go to as well to find suppliers for the product. How, how is it that um, shipping costs or prime, who pays, how, how does that work? So yeah. whenever you choose to have your product as a prime product, you're the one that chooses that or Amazon has like a criteria that you have to meet in order for it to be prime? Well, any any FBA product, so any product that goes into Amazon's warehouse is automatically eligible for prime. Got it, because so it's housed in their warehouse, so it's easier exactly. for them, gotcha. Yeah. So, and, and then as a customer, you, so you guys are probably Prime members, so you pay to be a Prime member, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you have access to those Prime offers. And so as a seller, that's why it's another really good idea to be FBA, because you get access to that as well. Because you know, as a customer, you're like, yeah, I'm going for the Prime one every time versus the one that's going to take like 14 days to get to me. Um, so are they charging you a flat fee for that shipping or does it vary per like actual location where the product is being shipped to? It's, um, you don't actually pay for the shipping as a seller. So what, what the, the two costs that Amazon have is, one is a referral fee, which is 15% of your sales price. That's like, the f- referral fee is like bring, them bringing the traffic to you. The, you know, it's kind of like the pay to play on the platform itself. And then FBA fees are just like warehousing costs. So it's really based on how heavy the product is and how like big the product is. So the heavier, the bigger the product is, the more they're going to charge you for the product. So that's an interesting point because when you're looking at products, of course you want to know what the sales are. You want to know what the cost of goods are. You then want to know what the shipping cost is from China or wherever you're sourcing the product to Amazon. And then the next cost is your FBA fees. And a way you can work it out is, like I said, there's always going to be a 15% referral fee on your cost of on your price sorry so if you're selling something for twenty dollars fifteen percent of that is going to go to amazon right and then the other fee is the fba fee and what you can do is find a similar product that you want to sell go up to um i'm trying to explain this without you know basically the we call it the url if people will understand what that is right in the url uh when you click on the product there's a little code in there it'll usually start with like a b B0 something. You can take that code or that URL and Google FBA calculator. That will pop up and you literally pop the URL into the FBA calculator and it'll tell you the the FBA fees for that product. So it'll tell you what the cost is. So when you're starting to figure out actually is this going to product going to make me money? You've got an estimate there of what the FBA fee is actually going to cost you. There's also FBA um, parameters, and Amazon have those on their website. But I like to look at the FBA calculator because there's a specific product on there right now that's selling, and it's real, right? It's a real product. And so the FBA calculator will tell you exactly what the FBA fees are. You can take those FBA fees and work that out for the cost of your product, and you'll understand then how much profit you're going to make. I love it. This is so yeah. interesting to me and another way like to start making some money that I yeah. didn't know existed. 
I have a question though because you did mention that marketing and, and the branding part and, and kind of like putting your your product out there for visibility you had to kind of take charge on but is there anything that Amazon does like maybe put you in a prime position give you some like banner love you know put you yeah. you know position your product is there any way to like pitch them so that you can get more visibility within the site or does that um, not not Amazon specifically but there's tools to help you do that right so do you think that, so the journey of the of the business if you like is you would go on Amazon, do some research, use that Jungle Scout tool, like I said, work out, yeah, this looks like it's going to be a great opportunity. And then what you do is buy the product, send it to Amazon, and then you want to rank what we call rank it. So um, you might have heard, you know, it's like ranking a website on Google or it's like ranking a YouTube video. And so what you want to do is be visible for those keywords that I talked about that people are going to type in. Amazon have a platform called Amazon Sponsored Ads. It's very, very easy to use. And essentially what you do is you take all the keywords that you believe that the customer is going to type in and you can bid on those keywords. So when you first launch a product, you want what I say is it's like you want to be visible and you want to be attractive, right? It's like, you know, you've got a new haircut, you've got a new dress, you're going out to the bar, you know, you want to you want to basically pull, right? That's, that's, what, that's what you want to do with your new product. Um, so we always say... Um, be attractive, have an attractive price. So don't think that you're going to sell your product at the first point at the price that you really want to sell it at. It's like any product, uh, even really established products, they usually have a, or brands, they usually have an attractive price when they're launching a new product, right? So go low on your price and then go visible everywhere. And you want to bid on Amazon sponsored ads. And what that means is, is that the higher the bids, then for that main keyword, they'll place the ad like you were saying about banner ads and stuff, they'll basically place it at the top, they place it in the middle, they can place it on other products. So there's all these different positions within the shopper journey that you can place your product. You have to pay for it through Amazon sponsored ads, but yeah, that's part of the process of um, working out, well, how much am I gonna spend on launching this product? Um, and you can work that out as well, because once you've got an Amazon seller account, you can actually go into the Amazon sponsored ad platform type in a keyword and it'll tell you the cost of potentially what that bid would be interesting and then i'm sure you use social media and any other tools like that to help push yeah well interestingly and this is what i love about the model is once you're on amazon you don't really need to do all that stuff right yeah because and this is this is the interesting thing amazon spend a lot of money driving people to the site and um you just have to capture the, the traffic on Amazon. And once I made that switch in my brain, that's when I really started to be successful on Amazon because I was trying to do all that stuff. I was doing all the stuff off of Amazon. It was costing me a lot of time, a lot of money. Um, and it was disparate because there's so much stuff you can do, right? You've got Instagram, you know, Facebook, uh, Pinterest, all this other stuff. And so I was kind of diversifying all my time across all those different things. And then I, it just switched in my head. I was like, well, the reason I started the Amazon business is because there's customers on Amazon. So how am I going to get those customers? And just really focused in on ranking my products for those main keywords and using Amazon sponsored ads, just use just doing those two things. And then once I'd figured that out, I was like, happy days. Like literally, I mean, we coach people on how to do it, but literally now on my Amazon business, I spend like an hour a week or something like that because I don't need, I've dialed everything in. I don't really need to tweak much more. When you first start, obviously, you've got to learn all that stuff. And, you, you know, but once it's there, 
it's it's very I don't want to say easy, but it's it's um, to maintain it. It is a lot easier than trying to do lots of different different stuff. And the other key thing is the the listing itself, the way the listing looks, is important. So you know when you buy a product, um, you're going to be attracted to the the images, right? Are they going to speak to you as as the person? So if you're thinking about if anybody's on social media right now, think about the way that you would present yourself on social media, the way you present your products on social media. That's how you want to present your product on Amazon. Um, and so it's all it's like an all encompassing platform. You're branding yourself, you're branding the product, and you're making it attractive. And the conversion rates on Amazon are very very high. So like a website, if you're going to sell something on a website, the highest, you know, really amazing conversion rate would be like 3%. So you can imagine driving all that traffic, only 3% of people are going to buy your stuff. And that's if you're doing really awesome. The average is like 1.5%. Whereas on Amazon, when you've got that listing, you know, really attractive, my conversion rates, for instance, are like 50%. But we like to go for like 20% conversion at least. So you're getting a lot more out of the people that are going to jump, that are going to land on your listing. So that's why it's, it's, it's a great business model when you've kind of dialed those two things in because the opportunity is, is, is a lot bigger. The, um, someone on Facebook, they're kind of hanging out on Facebook. They're doing other stuff on Facebook. They're not in buying mode versus um, someone on Amazon where you go in on Amazon right there to buy that thing, right? So... Um, I'm not saying you can't do the stuff off off of Amazon, and that's a great way to kind of build the presence of your brand once they once they're kind of trying to find who you are. But you definitely don't need to do it to be successful. Wow! So it's its own little world in there. You don't even yeah. have to, which is awesome. It's true because once I'm in there, you can really get caught up in, and you're yeah. just buying mode. You're right, and plus, like I think it's harder to get someone from like Instagram to go into Amazon. It's it's just like two clicks like you just need people to do the least possible yeah or want to do the least possible because you know people are just they just want it easy so i think that's a smart way to just stay in the platform and promote there and just yeah on making your product visible and attractive yeah exactly and you know if you've got listeners already that are like yeah i've got this following i've already got like you know um people that want to buy stuff you can definitely use that as a way to say hey i'm launching my new product um, here's a 20% coupon, go and buy on this day. That is a great way to launch a product because you're going to get a bunch of people all going at the same time. That signals to Amazon that, hey, this product's a good product and it'll it'll boost you in the rankings. So you can definitely use it. But anyone who's listening that doesn't have that right now, you don't you don't need it, right? So that's that's why I think it's such a brilliant business model for anyone who wants to just have control of their own like income, their own life. Um, and it has it, little overhead. Very little overhead. Uh, you can do it from anywhere. You need a, a laptop, I would say. Trying to do it on an iPad and stuff is probably not the best thing. So you definitely need probably a laptop. Um, you, yeah, you don't need anything. Like you can do it in a cafe. You know, that's what really, <laughs> that's what really appealed to me. I just wanted to be able to do it from wherever. Um, like we took the kids out the other day on a, on a boat and I was literally like just, you know, making sure something was working on the phone the other day. Oh, yeah, it's, it's good. Sales are good. We're good, you know. So it's it's freedom. Awesome. freedom. Yeah. How much money do you need to actually start? Like with your first product that you want to sell, how much would you say someone, because you said that you your goal was like to sell initially like $10,000, but how much money did you actually invest in the very beginning? 
Yeah. So upfront, I invested um, two and a half thousand dollars on my first product. That was like cost of goods, shipping, getting it to Amazon, and then. I messed around for quite a bit, so I probably invested another thousand, two thousand dollars, working out, you know, how to launch the thing. Right um, now, what I would say is a really good investment is five thousand dollars to start, and that would include your first product um, in terms of the first order. And then we say to people now, we want you to have enough money for the second order, because. You're going to launch the product. It's going to start selling, and then you're going to have to place a new order before the other one's sold out because of the time frame it takes for the product to get there. And so, um, if you've got enough buffer for that as well, and then enough money to to launch it, so I would say like a thousand to one and a half thousand dollars to use Amazon sponsored ads and things like that. Um, and then it'll start to pay for itself. So when you start to you know get the money back, then you can go. Okay, now I'm going to reinvest this back in and. Um, make sure that that product's stable. And I would say for your first product, you want around, I would say six months for the first product. Don't try and think, oh, I'm gonna do another one, another one, because you know what it's like, it's a kind of a life cycle. So get comfortable with the first one, and then you go, okay, now I can take some of this money from my first product, and then I'm gonna invest that in my second product. So one learning from me was um, I started to scale too quick, too, too early. Right. So I had a great first product. I then launched it into it. In, so I started in the US market and then took that product and launched it in the UK market. Because again, it doesn't matter where you live. You can, you don't have to launch just in the US. You can launch in the UK, in Germany, across Europe, in Canada, because you don't need to be in the country where you are. And so I did that and that worked out really well. And then I was like, brilliant. All I need to do is launch like 10 of these things across from everywhere. But then the problem is, is that you tie up a lot of cash in inventory and then you've got to manage all those things. Right. And if one thing goes wrong, then you're like, oh, oops, I've got to sort this thing out. So go slow, steady, get the money in, start to get some income from it and then launch another product and another product. So besides the percentage fee that Amazon charges you for housing your product and doing the shipping yeah. and everything does if the product doesn't sell i am assuming they have to continue to make room in their warehouse for other products and new clients do they end up like kicking you out and sending you your product back or how does that or do they start no. charging you per month they'll charge you long-term storage fees so that happens every six months basically so like and it's it's, it's a small percentage of the the fba fee so, and they do flag it to you as well. So they'll say, hey, like, you've got this long-term storage fee coming up. You need to kind of move your product. And they'll give you kind of um, ways to do it as well. But the key thing that I normally do is I'll just really drop the price. Like, if I feel like it's not moving, um, I'll spend maybe a bit more on ads, get that visibility. And then I'll go hard on the price. And then usually that gets it moving, you know, because someone's like, oh, that's a bargain. I'll start to buy it. And you can move it through that way. If you get really, really stuck, they also have even a disposal thing. Sometimes, and this sounds might sound scary to some people, but say you've got uh, some product left over, it might cost you $1.50, but it might cost you more to try and sell it through than what it would to actually just get rid of the product. And they will charge you $0.15 cents to just get rid of the product, right? So say... You've got 100 units left. It's really not moving anywhere. It might cost you $1,000 to get to get it moving. The other 
the other kind of risk factor in your head could be, well, I could just get rid of these products for 15 cents. It's going to cost me 15 bucks. Do you know I what wonder, I mean? Yeah, I wonder if they end up donating that though, because it would be a shame if they just, I don't know, burn it all or something. Yeah, you can actually nominate where it can go to as well. Oh, good. So kind of take it out and 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 send it off to to places as well. You can even do that with returns as well. So some of the returns you can nominate where you want the return to go to. So for for instance, for me, I I do like it. To, I send my stuff to a veterans agency um, because a lot of veterans buy fitness products to kind of keep them uh, moving when they come back. So that's what I do. So yeah, you can do that as well, which is pretty good. Speaking of returns, what happens when you actually return a product? Um, I, I Obviously, you lose out on that money, but do you re-put it back out in the market or is it just a wash completely? No, Amazon actually reimburse you. So they reimburse you for the, for the cost of it and then they resell it. So On their um, own, not through you. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it can... Um, so you might have seen things as a shopper, you've got, you might go on a listing and it'll say other sellers. Um, so they will go in the other sellers and it'll be Amazon warehouse returns. And so as a customer, you know, it's a, it's a return from Amazon, but you know, it's the product that you're looking at. So as a seller, I get reimbursed for the, for the product. So I've already got my money back. Amazon are kind of reselling on my, on my listing, if you like at a cheaper price, but I'm not really too bothered about that because every sale gives me some ranking juice. And also I've already got the money back, so I'm not that bothered, right? So it's that that's totally fine. Wow, that's amazing because I would figure that that's people's probably their biggest fear is, okay, well then what if this product gets returned and then I'm stuck with all this product, so. Yeah, you, as I said, you I don't even see my returns. I don't see, in fact, sometimes it could be a problem because you're like, I didn't realize I was getting those returns. Like, what's the problem, right? Um, but yeah, you could, there's a return report that you can download and then they'll have like customer, um, you know, nuggets in there around why they've returned the product. So it's always good to look at that so you can like improve the product if you need to. Some people are just want to return stuff, you know, um, or if, if there's a chronic problem, like if there's something wrong with the product, you can fix it. <clears throat> but yeah, you don't have to do any of that. It's brilliant. That's why I love it. So now it makes sense to me whenever I like, for example, I literally just bought my husband uh, compression pants and I bought them a size too small by mistake. So I had to return it, but I wanted to just exchange the size and I wasn't able to, I couldn't exchange it because yeah. it's going back to the warehouse. And then obviously I just have to repurchase it from the same seller, yeah. the same seller again. That makes total yeah. sense now. Okay. Yeah, that's why. And so as a customer, that can be a bit of an issue. That's a bit of an annoying but that's the reason why. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, I mean, a lot of people give Amazon a bit of a bad rap sometimes, like in terms of, oh, but, you know, they take all this money. And I'm like, if you had to pay someone to do all that stuff, it would cost you way more than what Amazon actually take. As a seller, all you need to think about is, am I making enough profit after all those fees? And like I said, <clears throat> you can actually work it out before you even um order the product, which is what I would definitely recommend you do is you make sure that you've got enough profit margin and aim for 35% profit margin after all those fees, because then you're going to use, like I said, something like Amazon sponsored ads. And then after ad spend, you want to be around 20% profit. And then that's a really good benchmark for a really good business where you can take income out and then take some of that profit margin and grow the business as well. So with that 20% that you make, you want to take 10% for yourself and 10% to reinvest reinvest that back into the business, which is why you can start to make an income pretty quickly from an Amazon business model. 
And you do this full time? Only this? Yeah, I do this full time. And also we coach people as well how to do it. So that's my full time job. But it's not full time anymore because I don't, <laughs> I don't really need to do a lot. How but many brands do you have out there? I've only got one brand. Um, and we've got like 15 products. And like I said, though, you can sell it across loads, loads of different marketplaces. So that returns about $5 million a year. Just not to me personally, like in terms of revenue. But yeah, that's literally uh, a 20% margin. So yeah, and it's that's why it's, it's kind of e- easy to scale because you don't have to set a lot of infrastructure up. You can easily get to a million dollar um, revenue business at 20% margin doing it all yourself. Like my husband did that. Um, he's now scaling now. Um, he's, he's into, uh, survival products, you know, like prepper stuff. Like there's so much stuff you can sell. Like it's, it's ridiculous, you know? And I, I would say the weirder the thing, the better, like, or the more, the more boring the thing, the better, because, um, it's those kind of staples that people want day in and day out. And that other sellers are not even thinking about, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, have, I know someone who sells, um, like suppository, um, what do you call it? Like, like an yeah, applicator. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and stuff like that, right? Now, yeah. that's not very sexy products, right? Yeah. <laughs> but a lot, a lot of people want it. A lot of people need it. And then also um, a lot of sell, other people out there are not thinking, oh, I'm going to sell a suppository, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. It's well, I think our listeners are going to be so into knowing how possibly they can be coached by you. Um, when we come back from this break, let's get into more of the coaching and um, we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Ebby. Ebby is a seamless underwear membership co-founded by actress and entrepreneur Sofia Vergara. Let's face it, we all need underwear. Underwear is essential and women empowering each other is essential. I love that Ebby brings these two things together. Every time you buy Ebby's undies, they commit 10% of net proceeds to the Seven Bar Foundation. And this foundation distributes small loans to women so that they can start or grow their own business, breaking the cycle of poverty for their children and community. As Ebby gets more subscriptions, they fund more loans. So today we invite you to get 20% off your first order by using code BOSS20 at joinebby.com. That's joineby.com. Let's change the world together and empower women everywhere. All right, and we're back with Kirsty. Um, so, Kirsty, tell us about your company, Real Coaching. You've successfully mentored thousands of Amazon sellers. They've all been able to achieve their goals. So, tell us about the Real and how that actually came to be. Yeah. So, um, it actually came to be. I met uh, my business partner Isaac Coleman. We were actually at an entrepreneur camp. So he's thing. not your husband, right? No, he's not my husband. Okay, I, I, I was wondering that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he's not my husband. He's my work husband, but that's about it. Um, but yeah, we, we met at an um, entrepreneur camp and we just started chatting because um, when we started on this journey, he, he was doing a business with someone else and um, he'd actually done a course for people on how to source profitably from China. So we were chatting about that. And then I was like, yeah, I was getting a lot of people. I, I ended up being at a conference and like being interviewed on stage. And then people kind of heard my story and they were like, how do you do it? How did you do it? Like, I, I'm, there's something that's, you managed to achieve it, but I haven't managed to achieve it. How, how did you do it? And I just realized that people didn't really, what they, the key thing that people forgot were the numbers. 
So they had all the strategies about how to launch on Amazon and all this other stuff, but they didn't understand how to make an income. And so when I started to chat to Isaac, he was getting the same thing. And so we said, well, why don't we actually teach people about the business as opposed to just how to do the nuts and bolts on Amazon? And so that's what we started to do. The other key problem at the time was there was loads of sellers from loads of different countries and everything was US centric. So we were like, we both love to travel. So I was like, why don't we do workshops, like hands-on workshops for people? And we both love to travel. So let's do six countries in six weeks. That was a really stupid idea. But anyway, that's what we decided to do. <laughs> so we did Sydney in Australia. Then we went to Las Vegas. We did Austin. We then went to Canada, which is where I met my husband. And then we went to New York and then London. And we did all that in six weeks. And from there, then people loved the workshops and then they were like, well, how do we continue to work with you? And then we created like a couple of programs to help people. So that's how it all came about. And then we've been doing that for the last like four to five years, doing virtual uh, coaching. Because the other key point is, is that a lot of people do courses, but they don't, they get to decision points and they don't know how to make a decision properly or they get fearful about it or they get worried or whatever. And so what we do is we don't just tell them how to do stuff we actually work with them on the numbers we work with them on the goals we work with them on what they want to achieve as an income and then we help them make the right decisions along the way as well so it's kind of like the difference between coaching versus just taking a, an online course i have a question okay well actually i just kind of want to do a recap so to start a business obviously we will do the the market research in um jungle scout yeah right? Yes. Um, and you can kind of like sort out what kind of product you think would be attractive there. And then you would need to at least have $5,000 minimum first investment, right? Yeah. Or at least the, si the first six months, right? Yeah. And then what would be the fee to work with you to kind of like help on the business side? Is it like yeah. a monthly fee or? No. So we have a couple of programs. So we have like a 90-day program, which essentially gives you from where to go you've got all the training but then you work with us for 90 days and if you're new to the business generally that would be in those 90 days you would have a profitable line of products and getting one launched in that 90 days right so it's six thousand dollars to work with us at that level um but we do have payment plans and things like that that can go beyond the 90 days and then we also have a, an annual program which is between ten to $15,000. So that's a lot of money for a lot of people. If you're just starting out, that tends to be more for people that are in the business. They've already started it, um, but they're stuck in some way. Like they've probably invested in the business, but they've not really figured out how to make money from the business. But yeah, that's I would recommend for people really starting out, it would be the 90-day the program. We have, you have lifetime access to uh, the, all the training, we update the training all the time as well. So any new stuff that comes out, you always get access to that. Um, and then we have basically a, um, coaching two coaching calls a week. Um, and then we also have a one-to-one -one coaching call as well, where basically we will literally map out the plan with you and say, okay, this is what you need to do to be able to, um, hit the income goal that you want to hit. And this, this is when you're actually going to hit it. And it will include the amount of products you would need to have, correct? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So we have a whole process around um, finding all the products. So we'd work with you on your brand, how you develop your brand, you know, what it's going to be, what it's going to be called, that type of stuff, who you're going to target. 
And then it would be, okay, well, now let's pick some products that meet the brand. So you've got like a consistent range of products that you can cross sell, you know, because if you want to buy a jump rope, you might want to buy a foam roller, that type of thing. And then um, you say your income goal might be uh, $20,000 a month in profit, right? And so we'd say, how many products that we've just looked at are going to take, are going to, is it going to take to, for you to hit that income goal? And then we'll actually map all that out. And so you'll be able to see how many products, exactly which products it's going to be, when you're going to launch them, when you're going to achieve the goal, and then understand how much money and investment you're going to need to be able to hit that as well. And then we can work that out from a cash flow perspective, as well as, you know, here's how you launch it. Here's how you do your sponsored ads. Here's how, you know, you find your suppliers. Um, like I said, we work with sourcing agents on the ground in, in China so that you don't even have to go through the Alibaba stuff and all that. Like they work specifically with the, with the factories. Um, they usually, usually spend about $300 on the, on your first product with the sourcing agent, which to me is like nothing like compared to all the crap that could happen if you didn't go with a sourcing agent and they're vetted. We don't, we don't take the money from that. That's basically their business, but we want to provide the right, um, suppliers, if you like, to the right people versus having to go through all that because we're more interested in getting you the result as opposed to making more money on the, the services and stuff like that, right? Um, and then things like, you know, designers, um, great, getting great logos, getting great packaging, all that kind of stuff as well. There's people that we work with on that. As far as um, anything to protect yourself legally, would that be under the whole Amazon umbrella that you would – under like a blanket kind of coverage or um not really so thinking of legally yeah so at the moment for instance um you want to think about like trademarking your product and things like that our brand rather not your product but your brand so that's why we talk about brand first because you don't want to specifically trademark a product you've got to think about what's the brand name going to be and what are the types of products that are going to be underneath that brand. So that's up to you to work out, yeah, I'm going to get trademarked. But Amazon do have services that allow you to get trademarked quicker. And it also allows you to get access to a lot of the um, systems on Amazon that you have as a trademarked brand. So for instance, they have something called brand analytics, which all those keyword things that I was telling you about earlier, they um, they have access to all those keywords and you know what's the ranking of those keywords, which gives you even more information about how you're going to rank your products and stuff like that. So when it comes to product liability or brand liability, that's up to you as the seller. Um, I personally have never invested in that to date. I've never had any problems, so um, I wouldn't recommend that you need to do that right off the bat either. You know, so I mean, I've been doing it for seven years and I still haven't done it. Okay, yeah. That's Good to know. So you just yeah, need exactly. you just need to open your company and have an LLC basically. So you can get started. Yeah. I'm sure that Amazon needs a tax ID and all that stuff for it to get you yeah, started. Yeah, they need all that. Yeah. They need a bank account. Right. You know, you need all that stuff. Um and it's easy enough to change your bank account when you need to and, and things like that as well. So even if you don't have a business bank account right now, you can use your own bank account and then once you build up the business, you wanna your own business account, then you can do that as well. I would recommend though anybody do it. I mean, I think there's a there's a fine balance between you're getting out, you're starting something and you just want to check it out, right? But once you know that this is, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, get set up properly, you know, proper business, get a proper business bank account and don't run personal things through your business bank account and stuff like that because 
you want that pure, right? You want to understand what's going, running through the business and you want to understand how that business is running versus you kind of dipping in. I remember my first year, I was doing that a lot and I wasn't really fully aware of what my profit margins were and stuff like that. Right, because it was like other expenses that had nothing yeah, to do. Yeah, like a flight to Bali or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Wow, this yeah. is all very valuable information. I honestly am so in awe. I love yeah, it. Cool. Yeah, and anyone that, you know, if you don't, obviously we talked about the coaching. It might might feel like a lot for, for people, which is obviously we totally understand that. So, you know, we have um, the podcast, like we said. So we, we talk a lot about these strategies. So I always say to anyone, you know, if you're just interested in it and you want to understand a bit more about how to do it properly, then you can definitely listen to the podcast because we go through the strategies. We go th- and we, we're very um, uh, direct, right? It's like, don't listen to these people, not these people generally, but like, don't listen to these strategies make sure that you understand the business and then understand the numbers. And if you understand the numbers, then that's what's going to get give you a much better business model than like 99% of the people out there. So that would be my advice is really understand the numbers first and then invest in the product from there. So I actually listened to a few episodes of your podcast and it's fantastic, by the way. You guys have oh, yeah, a great structure and you are very clear and straight to the point and then you have guests sometimes which is always helps um for different yeah. perspectives so did you so you started your podcast right at the beginning of the pandemic basically did you have yeah. plans to start it prior to that or was it the pandemic hit and you're like well i need to get out to people and be more accessible how yeah how was that pro- no we, we'd always plan to do it um prior to this we were doing like Facebook like we have a Facebook community so we were doing Facebook lives and stuff and then we just thought you know um let's do a podcast because I feel like it's awesome like in terms of like you were saying earlier you know it gives you energy um it gets our message out clear um and um we just want to be able to provide that information um to people and be consistent in that information because I fight I feel that there's a lot of misinformation about this business model for instance right and also i wanted to be able to have cool people on and have a chat and stuff as well <laughs> so that's right. one of the reasons why we did it um so yeah we'd already planned to do it it just so happened that we did we started it at that point yeah so it was kind of like two things colliding together and what, what more of a perfect time right yeah exactly a perfect time exactly. so we yeah. actually have um we posted on our on our stories um if anybody had any questions for you and we got a few questions now a lot of the questions that we got you actually already touched point on that yeah. coincidentally so i'm gonna go through a few other ones that we have um honestly i don't know what some of it means um so <laughs> you're gonna have to explain it to us but somebody asked what are your best launch strategies for 2020 and they, they then they put search find buy ppc giveaways or combo of everything right okay yeah so yeah, I, I would say a combo of everything, right? I like to throw the kitchen sink at launch. So <clears throat> as we were saying earlier, so PPC is Amazon sponsored ads. That's what I was talking about earlier. Giveaways are, if you've got like a, um, an audience that, you know, that we talked about, um, there are actually other tools out there as well that have audiences and you can pay for those people to buy your product as well. So my launch strategy is I like to kind of defrib- what I call defibrillate the listing. So you want to get a bunch of traffic to to it and buying, uh, you know, buying the product. So a combination of giveaways and using search find buy. So those two specific things. 
or a very um, cheap price on Amazon itself as well. So I would use that right at the beginning for the first couple of weeks, get that listing kind of pumped, and then make sure that you've got a very solid PPC strategy after that. And in terms of the launch strategy around PPC or sponsored ads, like I said earlier, low price, very attractive, and make sure that you're everywhere. Don't worry right at that point about the investment, whether you're, and, and this person who's asked this question will understand this, so a lot of people focus on what's called advertising cost of sale, the ACOS. Don't worry about that for now. Basically, you're, you just want to get bought and then you can optimize over time to profitability. So if you think about it, when you first launch a product, it's going to be high investment, low profit. And then at a certain point, they're going to kind of like smash together and then your profit's going to overtake and then your investment's going to go down. So that's how you have to think about the launch. Right. It also helps with the algorithm within Amazon, right? That you were yeah. selling. Exactly. So, oh. mm-hmm. yeah, if you're brand new, Amazon want to see that that people love it, right? That they And the more that people love it, the more they love you. And then the more they just give you more, um, more stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, think of it as finding Amazon love. That's what I say. Okay. Next question. At what point should you transition from down only bids to up and down bids? Should we wait until we have double digit reviews or is there a certain number where you will make the transition? Mm-hmm. So I would say, um, so this again, that's a, a PPC strategy that's bidding and stuff. So at what point should you transition from down only bids to up and down bids? So I don't, use, I think what they're talking about is, um, is Amazon allows you to do something in their system that they do automatically for you, I would say never use Amazon's automatic stuff because you want to be in control of your own strategy. So the strategy would be be visible everywhere, which would be up bids. That basically means you're bidding high. And then once you've got traction and once you're hitting the goals, then start to optimize your bids based on your profitability. So if you're in control of your own your own strategy, if you're in control of your own objectives, that's way better than getting Amazon to do it for you because they don't know what you want to do, right? So launching time, high visibility, high bids, and then once you start to make make that traction in terms of sales, then you can start to optimize and bring those bids down. So that's how I would answer that question. Hopefully they understand what I'm on about. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. The next one is when you have enhanced brand content, what percentage of our ad spent should we use for display ads? Um, to be honest, the two things are not exclude. They're not like they don't hinge on each other. Right. So enhanced brand content is basically on your listing. When you as a customer, when you go in, you can see all the images normally right on the side. And then you can see the bullet points. And then further down, there's like it almost looks like a web page. That's enhanced brand content. Um, in terms of having that and not having that for display ads, the two things don't like don't depend on each other. So the question is kind of like not really that relevant. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, no, I'm not saying it's not a relevant question. It's just they don't. It doesn't matter. Right. So basically, I would say to people, get in-house brand content because that's really going to help your conversion. That's what really helps with that. And then your display ads. Make sure that you have lots of display ads everywhere because, again, that's going to give you that visibility. And the enhanced brand content is going to help the conversion rate when people come through the traffic. 
Okay, so both. The answer to both, basically. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. (laughs) Gotcha. All right. Um, The biggest thing you wish someone would have told you when you were first starting out, which uh, would have helped you avoid a lot of trial and error? Um, Yeah, good question. I mean, basically for me, it was more about the launch strategies. Um, And the next key thing would probably be um, really understanding the numbers, I think, because you know, understanding how much it's going to cost once I've launched the product, that helps a lot because it makes you um, really understand which products you should go with and how much investment you actually need when you launch it. Otherwise, what happens is if you don't understand that, you could launch a product and then start running out of money because you're like, uh, why am I not getting the traction? And I just feel like I'm feeding this thing, right? Because you haven't worked out how much it's going to cost you before you launch. So that's the key thing I think I would do differently, which I do now, which is um, understanding all those costs before I even launch the product. Okay, great, great advice. Um, And then the last listener question that we have is, as a seller, how do you get paid? Is it instant or is there monthly? It's every two weeks. So you get, and you can see it um, every day. Um, The great thing about Amazon is the data on Amazon is very up to date. Like literally, even your sales, they, you can refresh and it's probably about 20 minutes behind, like what's going on. Um, and it's the same with your um, payout as well. So you get paid every every two weeks, basically. Okay. Well, it's, yeah. it's like having a, a normal paycheck. <laughs> yeah, it is. It it's is like a paycheck. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you know what's coming through, which is great. Well, Kirstie, thank you so much for giving us um, your time on a Saturday morning. It's been incredibly helpful. Um, our listeners are going to take so much from this. I've learned a lot. Gabby has learned a lot. I think we're going to probably start um, selling products on Amazon now. Um, we actually started our own Amazon um, shop for Girls Gone Boss, actually, with all of our favorite products. So if anyone's interested in going over there, it's amazon.com forward slash shop forward slash Girls Gone Boss. And you can check out all of Gabby's and I's favorite products. I have a lot of baby stuff in there, too. Now that I'm a new mom, um, I am super into shopping on Amazon um, obsessively for things for my daughter. Um, but tell everyone where they can reach you um, if they want to take uh, the coaching by you and Isaac. Um, tell us about yeah. your podcast and your Instagram handle. Yeah, cool. So yeah, you can go to www.goteamreal.com and we have some free training on there as well. So you can literally just go through the free training. It will give you a bit more in depth of what we were talking about here today. And then you can just, there's an apply button there. So you literally can just hit that button. You can book a call with us and then we can have a chat about how we can help you build the business. Um, You can also get me on Kirsty at goteamreal.com if you just want to email me direct. And then Instagram is my personal one is just Kirsty Verity four zero, and then across all social, I'm just Kirsty Verity. So you can find me that way as well. Okay, perfect. It's honestly been a pleasure. We've learned so much. So thank you so much for joining us. No, thanks for having me on, and have a great day. You too. Bye, everyone. Till so next much. time. You too. We're gonna put some of your products on our shop. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone. Until next time. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys. Oh, yeah.